the book of Ephesians chapter 4. Ephesians chapter 4 and we are going to read verse 16 alone last couple of weeks we dealt with verses 1 through 16 but I want us to go back to verse 16 and we'll continue on in our series body work when you got it say so it says from whom the whole body speaking of from Christ who is the head the whole body joined and knit together by what every joint supplies according to the effective working by which every part does its share, causes growth of the body for the edifying of itself in love. In love. Father, we love you. We thank you so much for your love toward us because your word clearly shows us that you loved us first. You called us with an everlasting love and we simply love you as a response to your love. So, Lord, we thank you for the mercy that you've shown us, the grace that you've bestowed upon us. We thank you for your wonderful presence that is here in this place. And, Lord, we just ask you in the mighty, powerful name of Jesus that you would speak to our hearts this morning. Father, we surrender these next few moments unto you, Lord God, totally yielded to your spirit, asking you to give us ears to hear what your spirit is saying to your church. Father, it is my responsibility to communicate the truth of your word to your people that we may be able to arrive, that we may be able to grow, that we may be able to get to the place where you have called us to be. And so, Lord, I ask you to utilize me as your vessel this morning. Father, glorify your name in the lives of my brothers and sisters, Lord God, and in myself. And we give you all the praise and all the glory. In the name of Jesus, someone said, you may be seated in the presence of the Lord. We've been dealing with the topic of body work, and by now I think that we should all understand the need for the body to be functioning at its optimum level and maximum capacity. The Word of God gives this correlation, gives a comparison between the natural body and the body of Christ, and it gives us to understand some things that when we study out the natural body, we can understand some things about the function of the spiritual body of Christ. And so we find when we're looking at the natural body that the natural body has the ability to heal itself. You know, you get a cut and and, and something happens, it just you know, begins to go on ahead and heal itself, begins to cure itself as time progresses. Your body's able to protect itself. You have something called reflexes that are just natural. You can see them with a baby at a certain age. If you jump at them, they respond with fear. You know, they might start crying. You know, you go like this to someone, their eyes are going to blink because your body is responding and so your body knows how to protect itself. Your body knows how to preserve itself. It will call on certain things. I mean, they, 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 they I heard somewhere, I don't remember where it was a long time ago, but when, when children are eating dirt, glory to God, 
You know, sometimes they're just crazy, but, you know, other times their body is calling for something that is in that dirt, believe it or not. And it's the truth. I, you know, someone was talking to me and explaining this to me, and, and, and they're, you know, not saying that they're going to make a dirt diet. Hello, somebody. You don't need to feed your children dirt. There's, you know, obviously there's some nutrients in the dirt. Amen, somebody? And so they obviously know. They, your body knows what it needs, you know. When you feed your body garbage, right? When you feed your body garbage, you, you know, you have these things, and I'm going to let you know caffeine is garbage. Amen, somebody. Hallelujah. Praise the Lord. I know. I know I can't get a whole bunch of amens, but it's all right. It's, it is. It's, 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 not, it's not a necessary chemical in your body. It's not something that you need. Hallelujah. My, my, for, for whatever reason, my wife and I, we're, we're like social coffee drinkers. Praise the Lord. But we don't wake up in the morning like, I can't move if I don't have my cup of coffee. Uh-huh. Glory to God. But the reason why it's that way is because you have filled your body with this particular substance, and now your body has grown accustomed. Mm-hmm. Now your body has grown accustomed to that cup of coffee, that, that first cup of coffee that's going to wake you up. Glory to God. And set you on your way. Hallelujah. Now, 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 drinking coffee is not sin. Amen, somebody. So I got a lot of amens out of that, you know. Everybody thought I was trying to say coffee was sin. Coffee is not sin. You know, drinking coffee is not sin. But what I'm trying to make a point is, is that you do not need coffee. You don't need coffee in order to wake up. You don't, you don't need that. You've trained your body that way, you know, for whatever the case, you know, whatever it is. But now I'm going to tell you something. This, 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 is, this is tough for some folks, you know, because they start going through withdrawals. But if you want to prove it, you know, go on ahead and just cut it out for like a month. Glory to God. Santo, hallelujah, hallelujah. Holy, 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 holy. Just, just don't get that cup of coffee, you know. Just, just make your body get weaned up. And before you know it, you won't need that coffee anymore. You won't need to drink because your body knows how to wake itself up. Hello. Mm-hmm. 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 Your body is able to heal itself, protect itself, preserve itself. It's able to do what it needs to do if we will simply do one thing. If we will simply pay attention to what the head is saying to the rest of the body. If we will simply pay attention to what our brain, the signals that our brain is sending to our body, we are going to be all right. The, the issue is that sometimes, you know, we don't want to listen to the head. Hello, somebody. Sometimes we don't want to pay attention. And as the body of Christ, this is what is beautiful, is that the body of Christ has the ability to heal itself. We have the ability to bring healing and restoration to lives. We have the ability to protect ourselves. We have the ability to preserve ourselves. We have the ability to produce life, glory to God. We have the ability to do that. But the thing that we've got to do is we have got to pay attention to the head, which is Jesus Christ. We have got to to pay attention see here's the thing sometimes your mind can see your mind tells you you need that caffeine right your mind you your mind is what's telling you you need that it, it's sending a signal glory to god you know your eyelids ain't opening up you're dragging along so there's a signal being sent right well here, here's here's the thing i want you to know is that jesus christ is not programmed by what we do but jesus christ has a program for us to follow and so no matter what we do, he is going to continue to send the right signals. No matter what we do, he is going to continue to release the right information. He is going to continue to communicate with us what we need in order to do what he has called us to do. 
I remember the title of this series is Body Works, and what we discussed and hopefully discovered for some of us last week is that it is vitally important that each of us, as we saw in the middle of verse 16, that each of us is doing our part because we have all been gifted, we have all been given abilities, we have all been given talents, we have all been given certain things that we have that nobody else has that have to be contributed in order for the body to get to where God wants it to be. And so it is important that we pay attention to the head. Now, we talk about the body. Your regular body needs something called blood. Hello. Your body ain't got blood, you ain't living. Start losing too much blood, you'll start dying. Glory to God. That's what's happening. So make sure if you start losing blood that you're saved and you got the blood of Jesus running through your holy body. Hallelujah. But love, love. Look what he says in the last part of the verse. Edifying of itself in love. I want to talk to you a message this morning entitled In Love. Because the scriptures speak to us about love in very many manners or many different, different places. And Jesus himself said something to his disciples. He said to them that we would be known as his disciples by our love for one another. And there is something that is going to be characteristic of us if we are paying attention. Now, hear me, please. If we are paying attention and we are in alignment with the head, which is Jesus Christ, our alignment is going to be demonstrated in our character, in our motives, and through our gifting. If we are walking in alignment with the head, which is Jesus Christ, there are a few things that are going to be manifested clearly. First of all, we've been talking about this for the last few weeks, and it is vitally important that we possess the character of Christianity that is found within the scriptures, not the character of Christianity that is found throughout our world, because I'm sorry, but there are many distorted views of what we call Christians nowadays. But when we look in our Bibles and we find what the character of Christianity should be, we find what the character of a Christian should be, that is what should be happening in our lives. We should be, according to 1 Peter, holy as God is holy, period. There is no question about it. We must walk according to the standard that is set forth in the scriptures. We have a God who is perfect. We have a God, like I said, when we talk about God being holy, it is not just that he is separated from sin. It is that sin is absent from his being. And what that means for us is that when we come to Jesus, Jesus does something wonderful and he gives us a new nature. The Bible tells us that anyone who is in Christ is a new creation. All things are passed away behold all things are new so what does that mean for us that means that I have a new nature and that daily I should be dying to myself and my desire for sin should be getting lesser and lesser and weaker and weaker as my desire for God becomes more that's what should be happening my character should be developing I should be demonstrating that remember what we said last week we said that before you start operating in your gifts you need to demonstrate your worth remember he said to walk worthy of the calling with which you were called and other scriptures tell us that we are to walk even as Jesus walked what a standard glory to God it is a continual aim because ain't none of us going to get there until the day that we meet him face to face. But we can grow in that grace. The other thing that has to be, that, that has to be there that we're going to talk about next week when we are in alignment with the body or with the head, we are going to see the manifestation of the gifts of the spirit for the edification of the body of Christ. You're going to have that. But here is what I would call the 
you know, the, the, the peanut butter to the sandwich. This, this is what holds it all together, and it is the motive, and that is love. Everything, listen, I want you to hear this. You can be holy roller number one. You can be the most holy person on the planet. And what I mean by that is the most seemingly holy person on the planet. You can be the person who don't ever slip up with a curse word. You can be the, curse, the person who dresses appropriately at all times. Glory to God. You can be the person who doesn't look in the, in the direction of the opposite sex with any kind of lustful thoughts. You can be the person who, who is just so perfect, seemingly, and yet lack the most vital thing, love. There's plenty of people, plenty of folks who got all of that religion down, but they have missed the most vital component, which is love. Love is the lifeblood of the body of Christ. Without it, we as the body will not be able to continue. If you look at John, and, and, and Sister Sonia is going to help me out here, John chapter 13, verse 34 through 35, and Jesus was speaking to his disciples, and he says to them, a new commandment I give to you, that you love one another as I have loved you, that you also love one another. By this, all will know that you are my disciples if you have love for one another. So Jesus clearly communicates this, this vital, vital point for the church. He clearly communicates. He says, listen, one of the things that is going to be one of the greatest markers of you being my children is going to be the love you have for one another. It is going to be the love that you have, the care, the concern. I'm not just talking about telling someone you love them. That's not what I'm talking about, church. I'm not just talking about giving someone a hug every once in a while when you see them. That is not what I'm talking about. I'm talking about the love that extends beyond the four walls of this building. Mm -hmm. I know y'all, I, I know it's going to get quiet right quick, glory to God. Because we think that, you know, we have all of this love because we come to church, we see each other. And I'm not saying you don't love someone, but listen, love's got to extend beyond our little get-togethers here. Mm -hmm. Our love has got to be more than just in this building. Our love has got to go. It's got to go beyond the picnics. Hello. It's got to go beyond those type of things. It's got to go with the place that it's got to go to the place where, you know, you are going on ahead and taking it out of your own volition, out of your own will, out of your own desire to get somebody's phone number because you just want to give them a call and say, hey, how you doing? That's love in action, church. Just, 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 just trying to, you know, get to know a brother, get to know a sister in Christ. And listen, it shouldn't only be up to the leaders because for some reason, again, we think that it is just the leaders that need to be the one to be making all of these phone calls. Well, let me say two things. First of all, let me rebuke that thought because that's not right, especially if we believe what we read last week, and I hope you do, which it is that we are to equip the saints for what? The work of the ministry. Y'all forgot already. It's all right. I remind you. <laughs> We ought to be building people up for the work of the ministry. But here's the thing. First of all, that means that everybody in here, everybody in here, everybody, everybody, everybody look at your neighbor and say, you. Look at your other neighbor and say, you. Now, now look at look them back and say, that's everybody. Say, we are everybody. Everybody, okay, has the Holy Ghost in them. Amen? And if you have the Holy Spirit in you, then that means what? That means that the Holy Spirit can lead you. Right? To make a phone call, to drop by and do a little visit, to go on ahead and go and do lunch with somebody at work. Glory to God. Not at work, but at, you know, during their lunchtime, praise the Lord. 
right? That's what that means, right? It means that we, we all have that ability. So first of all, we need to get out of the mindset that it's just up to the leaders to be the one to make those phone calls. But here's the second thing, because this is the other part that we got to get through our mind, through our heart, is this. It is that if someone calls you, I'm going to use Brother Jameek. And let's just say, you know, you're going through something or whatever the case may be. Brother Jameek calls you up and says, listen, I really felt like, you know, I need to call you. And I just wanted to tell you, you know, I'm thinking about you, praying for you, whatever the case is. Maybe came and visited you, whatever the case may be. I want you to know something. You need to validate this brother's effort to come and see you and not believe, well, I didn't get visited because the pastor or the bishop didn't come visit me. Did you hear what I just said? See, because that's what happens. Everybody in the church can visit some folks, and if they didn't get a visit from bishop, they didn't get a visit. You know, you got a, a couple of folks laughing, but listen, I ain't trying to hurt nobody's feelings. I ain't got a problem visiting, but I'm going to guarantee you that I'm not going to visit everybody all the time. It's just not going to happen. There's only one of me and a few of you. Hello? Why do I say this? Because I want you to not, you know, want me to visit. No, no, it's not that. Please invite me over. Glory to God. I want to come and see you. But what I want you to realize is that you have a responsibility, number one, to be sensitive to the Holy Ghost and to flow in the gift that God has given you. And then number two, when a brother or a sister comes and sees you, shares with you, ministers to you, you need to receive that as being the exact equivalent of a pastor or bishop or someone coming to visit you. Why? Because Almighty God designated that person at that time to come and do what? To come and minister to you. So here's what you're doing first of all when you don't embrace that love that that person is showing you or that action that someone is showing you, you want to know what happens what you're doing is you are belittling them but even more importantly you know what you're doing you're saying god they ain't good enough listen listen we got to get the right heart church because we got to be a people that are walking in love so jesus says that this characteristic is going to be something that is going to separate us one of the greatest characteristics if not the greatest characteristic of us being children of god number one i want you to repeat this after me please we must embrace the seriousness of god's call for us to operate in love Building upon the foundational new, com new commandment that we read here that Jesus gave to his disciples to love one another as he loved them. And Jesus gives a great standard because he gives of himself freely and totally to demonstrate this love toward them. The New Testament and specifically the Apostle Paul shows us the role that love should play in our lives, in our relationships, and in our ministries. So in order for us to embrace how serious God is about this, well, let's look at what the scriptures say. First thing in the book of Ephesians, chapter 3 and verse 17, it shows us that you and I are to be rooted and grounded in love. Ephesians chapter 3 verse 7 we should be rooted and grounded in love Ephesians chapter 4 and verse 2 tells us that we are to bear with one another in love remember the title of the message church in love we are to be rooted and grounded in love what love is that the love of Christ 
the understanding of that love. We are to be rooted in that. We are to be grounded in that. Because sometimes, listen to me, sometimes situations may occur. Things may happen in your life that you may not have the knowledge to understand. That you may not have been given the revelation to understand. You may not have the experience to understand. But when you are rooted and grounded in love, that love is going to get you through and get you to where God is trying to take you. But if you, don't, if you are not rooted in that and grounded in that love, you're going to have issues. And so when you're rooted and grounded in love, what happens? Well, we're able to bear with one another in love. Because what, 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 what is the root system of a plant? The root system, that's where all the nutrients, that's where everything comes from, doesn't it? And so that means that when I am rooted and grounded in love, that means the source of my life is this love, the love of Christ that is operating in and through me. So I'm able to bear with one another in love. Ephesians chapter 4 verse 15 says that we are to speak the truth in love. Now there's a lot of folks, they got the truth speaking part down. They're good at telling you the truth. They're good at telling you about, about yourself, not themselves, hallelujah. They're good at telling you all that you've done wrong. They're good at telling you what you need to stop doing, what you need to start doing. And listen, and, and can, can, can I say something? I'm, I'm going to just go ahead because, you know, I like to not point fingers all the time. But I want you to know there's been many of occasions that I have, been, have had the speaking truth downright. I, it was good, glory to God. But I, I was not speaking the truth in love. I may have been speaking the truth in anger. I may have been speaking the truth in frustration. Hello, somebody. Because we do that. We, we get to that boiling point, glory to God. We get to that place where we've had enough. And you know what? That's it. Enough is enough. I'm going to tell this person. That ain't in love. That is not in love. In love is the first time that you need to come and confront that person. You go on ahead and do it. No matter what the, what the outcome is going to be. Hello. I know y'all don't want to hear that, glory to God. But it's, it's all right. You need to hear it. I love you. It's in love. That one is in love. Glory to God. Listen, we got to speak the truth in love. Because if you don't speak the truth in love, you can nullify the truth because you didn't do it in love. What do you mean nullify it? I don't mean nullify it in its reality or its need. I mean nullify it in its effect on the person. If you're not speaking the truth in love, you can totally hinder whatever is supposed to be occurring in that situation through the truth that you spoke. Listen, you can come to a person with a hard truth, but doing it in love, they may not want to talk to you out for the moment, glory to God. You know how that is, right? Listen, I got to tell you something. There's really no nice way to say this, but this is how it is, this is how it is, and break it down for them, and you see the wall comes up, the attitude arises, but if... They have that godliness up in them, hallelujah, which we pray that they do. After they've walked away upset, bothered, and all that good stuff, sometimes, not all the time, hmm. sometimes you just get the cold shoulder, but sometimes you get this phone call, or listen, brother, I just need to talk to you. I want to let you know that that really that really meant a lot to me because I know that was tough, but you know what? It's the truth, and I needed it. And isn't that what we all want, glory to God, that we're going to speak to someone the truth, even if it hurts them, that they're going to be able to be mature enough to receive it 
And okay, we're going to go ahead and we're going to get through this. But not everybody's like that. But you still, we still need to make sure that we're speaking the truth in love. Ephesians 5.2 tells us something. It says that we are to walk in love as Christ loved us. Again, confirming what Jesus said. The apostle Paul wasn't sitting there, but by the inspiration of the Holy Spirit and by direction, what does the apostle Paul say? He says, you need to walk in love. And in verse 1, he says, be imitators of God. This is what he's saying. Be imitators of God and walk in love. Your walk means your daily life and all that you do and all of your dealings. They should all be in love, according to the scriptures. Colossians chapter 2 and verse 2, it says that we are to be knit together in love. We are supposed to be intertwined in our hearts. We are supposed to be connected in love. Not just because we call ourselves Christians. No, there should be a genuine love that is there. 1 Thessalonians chapter 5 and verse 13, it encourages us that we are to esteem leaders very highly in love. So that means you just don't need to just respect leaders. Hello. But you're supposed to love them. Mm-hmm. I know I, I love you, and I know you love me, praise the Lord, but it's all right. But you don't need to just, oh, you know what, well, I, you know, I think that, you know, they're a great leader, but they don't love them. You know, that's, that's wrong. That's disobedience to the scriptures. You need to, you're not, you, you need to love them care about their well-being not just what you're going to get out of them and then first corinthians chapter 16 and verse 14 it sums it all up and it clearly says to us that everything that we do should be done in or with love everything there is nothing that we should do that should not be done in love and when i say love i want you to know that i'm not talking about some fairy tale never tell somebody anything that they're wrong i'm not talking because i ain't real love hello somebody we live in a sinful world, but the Bible teaches us that everything that we do should be motivated. Our motivation should be love. Whatever we're doing, whether it is serving in ministry, whether it is doing good deeds, whether it is giving of our money, giving of our time, giving of our talent, it must be done in love, in love for God and in love for others. That's our responsibility as Christians. The second thing that I want you to repeat after me is say, we must measure our demonstration of love by the biblical definition of love. We have got to do this little measurement here. Turn your Bibles with me to the book of 1 Corinthians chapter 13 because this is the biblical definition, praise the Lord, that we need to measure ourselves by. 1 Corinthians chapter 13, and we're going to read from verse 1 because I want to point out a couple of things. First Corinthians chapter 13 and verse 1, when you got to say so, please. And it says, though I speak with the tongues of men and of angels, but have not love, I have become sounding brass or a clanging cymbal. In other words, I can have this wonderful gift of tongues that many people are seeking. And yet, if I don't have love, I'm just making noise. Did you hear that? This is what the scripture says, not me. This is what the scripture says. I am just making noise. Let's go to verse 2. And though I have the gift of prophecy and understand all mysteries and all knowledge, and though I have all faith so that I can remove mountains, but have not love, I am nothing. Now, now, now I want you to notice this because if you look at it, 
What he's saying is if people can come to me and get a prophetic word, if people can come to me and ask me all of their deep questions and I can answer them about the mysteries of God, if I have all of this knowledge even if I have faith that is able to remove mountains, when, when I pray for you, things change. He said, I can have all of that. And while everybody else will say that I'm a man of God, I'm letting you know I'm nothing. All of that good, great, wonderful stuff that everybody wants, everybody who, you know, walks in Christianity that I know prays for those things. He's saying, if I don't have love, I'm nothing. Verse 3 says, and though I bestow all my goods to feed the poor, and though I give my body to be burned, but have not love, it profits me nothing. So I want you to notice, he says here, you can give all your stuff to the poor and still lack love. Did you hear that? Because nowadays we just do it because we get a little letter that says you made a donation. Mm-hmm, glory to God. They didn't have those back then. They got them today. And there are tons of folk that give all kind of stuff because they get their little tax write-off. Listen, he's saying, I can give all to the poor. I can sacrifice my life. And he says, I'm still lacking. I'm still lacking. But he goes on to give us this wonderful definition. Verse 4. It says, love suffers long or love is patient. It is kind. It does not envy. Love does not parade itself is not puffed up, does not behave rudely, does not seek its own, is not provoked, it thinks no evil, does not rejoice in iniquity, but rejoices in the truth. It bears all things, believes all things, hopes all things, endures all things. Love never fails. For whether there are prophecies, they will fail. Where there are tongues, they will cease. Where, whether there is knowledge, it will vanish away, but love never fails. Love never fails. And so our question is, is our demonstration of love aligned with what the scriptures say? Is our love patient or long-suffering? In other words, are we able to be offended? Are we able to be hurt and still demonstrate love? Or the first time we get our feelings hurt, do we stop loving? Because if that's the case, you got a love issue. You're lacking love. Is your love kind? And we talk about this love that we have. I love you, but I'm rough. I'm nasty. Bad attitude. That ain't love. That's ugly. Hello? He said love is, when love is operating in you, there is a kindness that manifests through your life. Love does not envy Love does not envy. What, what, what does that mean? That means that I can see somebody else operating in a gift. I can see somebody else rejoicing in a new vehicle. Glory to God. Hallelujah. I can see somebody getting a new home. How about this one? I can see somebody interacting with their spouse. And I can rejoice with them. Even though my spouse ain't treating me right. Even though I'm still driving the same car from you know when. Even though my, my, my children are not, you know, acting like they need to be acting. And even though all of that stuff right there, right?